tried so hard. <laughs> I just belong to some other age, I guess. You know, humans don't communicate anymore, or they, they gibber and jabber about stuff that doesn't matter, and then they send a text message and never communicate with anybody about anything of substance. It's spiritual death. And then I just come to the realization out of trillions of worlds, we're going to probably die. And everything we did as a species and all of our beauty and all of our goodness will just fail. And we're going to go down the tubes because a bunch of inbred child molesters in Hollywood had some psychotic dream that they wanted to kill everybody. You know, humanity just has to fall. It has civilization has to fall. It just has to go down. And you know it's going to go down too. And I just have been a fool trying to prop it up. It's just at a certain point, you're like, God Almighty, this is what death looks like. This is what laziness looks like. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. I want to be loved by CNN, even though I don't watch it. We have total illegal censorship going on. We have them bragging about it. We have them dead to rights. No one will attack. No one wants to do it. Never took action when all the tools were right there in our hands because we weren't meant to. We couldn't do it. We didn't want it. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press are among our most basic rights as Americans. Well, it's hard to imagine a movement to burn books and get rid of ideas. Chris Morrison takes us to a new exhibit about an effort to do just that. These were some of the most stunning pictures from pre-war Germany. On Saturday, longtime Republican strategist and informal advisor to President Donald Trump, Roger Stone had his Twitter account suspended. Today, Facebook is taking action against another one of their big problems, hate speech. Facebook cracking down on QAnon conspiracy pages after putting a new anti-violence policy in place. Controversial commentator Katie Hopkins has been permanently banned from Twitter. The ban includes Alex Jones and his publication Infowars, along with Lara Loomer, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Paul Joseph Watson. Facebook is purging several high-profile names from its platforms, among them Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, as well as his media outlet Infowars. They're being banned for spreading, quote, dangerous ideology. Basically, they've deemed these individuals to be dangerous, is what Facebook is saying. Twitter gives Alex Jones the boot, the social networking site permanently banning he, he and his media company, Infowars. Facebook and YouTube have already taken action against Alex Jones. Now Twitter is following suit. 
Twitter announcing it has begun taking sweeping actions to limit the reach of QAnon content and uh, banning uh, many of the conspiracy theories uh, and uh, followers due to problems with harassment and the spread of misinformation. The action will affect about 150,000 accounts. We've got a statement now with regard to PayPal and reports that it has ended its relationship with InfoWars. has now been wiped from the internet, not too dissimilar to what we saw with Alex Jones, though with Gavin, it was a slow process. His Twitter was banned, his Instagram was banned, his Facebook was banned. Chinese censors began to remove comparisons of Winnie the Pooh and Xi Jinping from the Chinese internet. Another China story, uh, the government has reportedly pulled all episodes of South Park. The United Kingdom has become a mere shadow of the nation that gave us freedom of speech, freedom of the press, a host of other rights that we take for granted but probably should not take for granted. Nobody knows that better than Tommy Robinson. In May of this year, he was arrested for attempting to cover the trial of a sexual grooming gang in the UK for speaking out loud on the sidewalk. He was taken to prison. I have been banned. Twitter. Twitter was like, ISIS, pedophiles, great, great. Retweets, yes. Uh, hilarious comedian, get the fuck out of here. Hey, is this fucking, what are we doing over here? I have something to say. Well, that's not very interesting. Noah Beaver. Hello, testing, check, one, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like might be a man. I don't know. Uh, smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. What the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? It's abs and a six pack. I'm Chris Arnold. I'm Noah Beamer. And I'm Paul the Book Guy Alves. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, Paul. <laughs> Sir Paul, <laughs> Sir Paul, that's right. Filling in for Caleb, who uh, today is his anniversary, so he could not be here. Oh, Caleb, right? <laughs> you know so, that uh, music is uh, that music during that clip was really hype. Uh, I'm, I can guarantee you, I heard that playing in the Fresh Market yesterday. Was that like the Nazi anthem mm, or something like that? That was one of the songs the Nazis would listen to while burning books. So that I'm, that I, I, that was definitely playing in the fresh market <laughs> yesterday. So that's uh, yeah. It was uh, yeah. I thought of it because that was the song in Indiana Jones when Indy has his dad's Grail diary, Sean Connery's Grail diary, and Hitler signs it while they're burning books because he thinks he wants an autograph when Hitler grabs it from him. Mm. Classic scene. Yes. My favorites. <laughs> well, yeah, Paul, uh, thanks for being here, man. And um, I'm sure everyone from the opening knows that this is going to be an episode about censorship. Had to do it because our good friend Patriot J, the day he was supposed to be on the podcast, got banned from Twitter. Ugh. And uh, it made it really hard to get a hold of him, so he wasn't on that day, but he'll be back on this Wednesday. Well, not to go on a rabbit trail real quick, though, but I saw Patriot J put a tweet out that said he gaslit 33,000 people into following him or something like that. Yeah, 
Was he's that a, a he's, joke? He's a great troll. Uh, the <laughs> is reason he he got he's banned? not like conservative or whatever. He's pretty, this is like a character. Is that is that what it's? That's it's kind of like a the vibe I got. He's kind of like a Gavin McGinnis or a Milo type guy where he's like. He's very tongue-in-cheek, and he exaggerates a lot. But, I mean, from when Caleb and I talked to him on the podcast, Patriot J is, I mean, I mean, he is an, he does work for a Republican congressman. Um, so, I mean, he's... Right. I, I, he, still, yeah. he's, he's, all, he's a troll, but he is uh, pretty conservative, and he did vote for Trump. So. Yeah, yeah, and he works for a congressman, so he's probably on, like, uh, Twitter's hit list. Cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> I like, I like yeah, he should rap. be on a... Yeah, it was right after his new single dropped that Twitter gave him the boot. But anyway, yeah, so because of that, um, I f- I'm leaning the title for this episode between either Justice for Patriot J or No Justice for Patriot J, No Peace. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And I know. I, so, so I, did he get one of those? Uh, was he put in Twitter jail? No, the whole count's, the whole count's gone. Wow. Wow, I, uh, I want to see the tweet that, that brought this on. It was some I kind of they grouped him with the QAnon. Matter. Yeah, they didn't group him yeah. with the QAnon uh, uh, followers that they were mass banning. No, no, it was it was after that. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it was he. He did some kind of tweet about Q uh, or not Q. He did some kind of tweet about Black Lives Matter. Um, calling yeah, him a terrorist I had, organization. I had suspended from work for a tweet. Not, yeah. not even kidding. Corporation. Uh, I've never, I've never mentioned my company online, uh, but somehow an Antifa didn't like one of my tweets and uh, found my company, which I would stupidly put on my Facebook account, which I never use. But they they hunted me down, and and wow. sent uh, sent letters and phone calls to corporate, and I got suspended for a day. I just walked off the job. I was like, all right, well, if you guys want to suspend me for this, I'm out of here. I, yeah. I, I already had like a. I had a, a, a you know an interview lined up for the next day. <laughs> I wasn't going to stay stay Good home and drink beer. Yeah. So, but you. they called me back. I literally, it was one day off, and I, I just when I came back, I was like, I tweeted, "Thanks, Antiva, for the day off. Appreciate <laughs> it." And I deleted my Facebook account. Wow. So there we That's are. That's incredible. Well, you you've got balls, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you should call yourself Paul the Balls Guy. I, you know you I. And and that's the thing. Corporations don't just, uh, it's not just Twitter that censors people. It's uh, any corporation. Even if you work for McDonald's and you say the wrong thing online, they can, uh, if you mention the company or they know it's you, that's why a lot of people use fake names online. Um, Myself included. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, my, our social media policy at my company, which I've never mentioned online, I'm not going to mention them now, but it's like many other companies. Uh, you can't even use foul language or be derogatory against someone. That that's uh, you know that gives them uh, ammunition to fire you, right? So I don't right. mention them anymore. I, I got rid of my Facebook account, and I'll never mention them. That's a good move, man. One of the man. craziest uh, things that, as much censorship as there is in Canada and the U.S., like what's going on in Australia right now, where people are getting arrested for social media posts. That's pretty mom. That's something you'd think you'd see in China or Iran. Seeing that going on in Australia is pretty bonkers, right? I didn't too, take too long before they uh, had all their guns removed. Wasn't like uh, mid nineties. Wow, might have been later than that. Might have been early two thousands. But yeah, it's it's uh, within a couple of decades. History shows when you give up your guns, you lose your rights 
a lot quicker. It's by, yeah, it's a slow slide. You know, at first it was you had to be uh, had to go viral for cancel culture to take out your job. Now it's just, I mean, you say anything and it gets sent to your employer and they can fire you on the spot for it. It's yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't they know have how to fix this either. They'll literally they will they will hunt you down. Uh, if you're stupid enough like me to use your real name, they can just you know search do an online search and and they have right. friends. They have friends with other means, other ways of searching. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're not just doing a Google search. They have friends that can oh, yeah. uh, have access to other, you know, search windows that we can't even imagine. Well, I feel like They'll if you find even you. got if you even got a Facebook, I mean, th- that's their main market is your data. They've got basically a dossier on every single person who has got an account on there. You know, um, I feel like that one. I mean, obviously, all the social media networks are like that these days, but like. Uh, Facebook seems to be the worst. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and anything Google, just because Google runs, uh, you know, Google can get into your Android phone, and Google's got you know all your search history if you're using Google or Chrome or. Yep. Basically, everything yeah, runs on Google. What kind of browser do you guys use just to stay away from all this? I'm using Brave uh, for clean feed. And DuckDuckGo for uh, search engines. Yeah, but I'll be honest, I end up using Chrome on my phone and on the computer most of the time just because it's so fast and easy. Uh, Uh, Chrome also, because of the DRM they have, uh, is the only, one of the only browsers that they will allow like high quality video on from the streaming services. mm -hmm. So you, you can get like 4K video in Chrome on like Prime Video or, you know, Netflix where on Brave, you're, you're going to be limited to like a choppy, you know, 1080p or 720p sometimes. So I do, yeah, have, I fire up home for the streaming. Brave yeah, has the, the Brave shield that's automatically active. And even on Twitter, uh, when I log into Brave, it shows it's blocking sometimes like 20 to 30 things that Twitter's trying to do, like access my hard drive, weird stuff. I'm oh, sure it's nice. Facebook- I'm going to go to CNN right now and see what we got. We got CNN. 44 items blocked. No, 50, yeah. 51. It's going up. <laughs> There's more loading up. 51 uh, spying uh, trackers yeah. blocked. So that's right. And uh, D- Dissenter is really good because it blocks even more stuff than Brave. And then <clears throat> what I love about it's the Gab guys that made that. What I love about Dissenter is like Yahoo News and you know BuzzFeed, all these places that got rid of their comment section. With Dissenter, you... Um, any URL you type in, everybody using Dissenter can comment on that URL. So it creates its own comment section for everybody or every website that has blocked comments or gotten rid of comments. Love it. Interesting. Wow. And that's a good way too. If you want to see the uh, comments on a, now that Spotify has all of Rogan's episodes, you know, you, there won't be a comment section, for example. Right. So if you get on Dissenter, you can actually see what people have to say about it. Well, that's um, pretty neat. Innovation, yes, yeah. Uh, speaking of the, yeah, speaking of the Spotify Rogan thing, I like um, I liked your take on it on Nick the Rat Paul, which by the way was a great episode. I love that. I didn't well, get to uh, that. I, I only remember take? half of it. I'm going to listen to it sometime and figure out what I said. <laughs> uh, you you were you kind of you covered the same Alex Jones update that we played when Nick the Rat and Tom were on, um, right. but you you had a take on it. Um, I'm probably butchering it, but it's basically um, it's it's even better for those 
episodes to stay on YouTube because they already have so many views. Uh, yeah, I looked into it more, and it, it turns out it wasn't censorship from Spotify. There was an agreement between uh, Rogan and Spotify that these controversial episodes, he wanted to keep them on YouTube. And Spotify acquiesced and said, yeah, sure, keep them on there. So because we have an exclusive deal, you can keep them on there, but they won't be on Spotify. And it wasn't like, hey, we don't want this crap on Spotify. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see some controversial episodes from Rogan. Uh, I mean, he's already had, uh, you know, uh, Adam Curry back on. And, 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 and yeah, and Alex Jones is coming back on soon. Uh, yeah. So, but it, it seems like a win-win for Spotify and for Rogan because that way Spotify can say, like, I'm sure Spotify isn't sad that Owen Benjamin, Gavin McGinnis, and Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones aren't carried over. It's not like they want that extra controversy anyway. There's also yeah. people like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. You know, and, and this makes and me wonder. Daughter. Yeah, this makes me wonder if Joe is going to is he what about future controversial episodes? Is he not going to do controversial episodes anymore? Well, or let me uh, is he gonna put controversial episodes on YouTube? Is Spotify I gonna allow every, him to do that? Everything from now on, especially in the new studio, is gonna be exclusive to Spotify, from what I understand. But Rogan has been really unclear with even his friends like listen to this uh i think this is from yesterday joey diaz talking about because i'm not paying attention to politically correct shit i don't give a fuck anymore what are they gonna do to me now they already took me off the fucking joe rogan spotify podcast can you believe that now am i supposed to be mad i'm not mad i expected there was gonna be a kink in this it's not my deal I have nothing to do with it. Joe's my dear friend, and I wish him all luck in the world. And I'm not mad at him. They took the podcast. I don't, you know, what are you going to do? You're working with corporate. Everybody's walking around their tippy toes. And uh, this is the new world we've created. Sad. So, you motherfuckers want an apocalypse? You got it, cocksuckers. <laughs> well, I guys, on a, on a question here. Would you shut down your podcast and move it to Spotify for $100 million? Yeah, for yeah, million you dollars. Nobody can do, you know, Joe Rogan for any of this. I mean, really, I would do unspeakable things for hundred million dollars. No, 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 I disagree. I disagree. He didn't have to. Well, he Joe already Rogan's has all the money. Joe Rogan's literally the most powerful man in media, and that was just with him putting it on YouTube. So okay, but this is a short, he, short term. There, there was there was no there was no part of the deal that he actually had to concede on. I, I don't see that. I don't see that. I mean, I, mean, I would have taken less money. I'll tell you that. I would have taken fifty million, seventy-five million, whatever the fuck the number is. But I just Honestly, don't. I don't. I don't buy he that he had control. to do that. I, I feel like everybody's kind of giving Joe a pass on this. Like, I, he's this for me is verification that he is kind of a sellout in a, in a certain sense. And, but it's willing. It's it's self-imposed. It's not it's not anything that anybody's forced on him. Me, somebody you know, who is in borderline poverty, I would do unspeakable things for a hundred million dollars. But Rogan already probably has more than a hundred million dollars, anyways. Right, right, right. No doubt. He was no doubt. Well, how long is much higher than that, sure. five year deal, ten year deal? I'm sorry, man, Paul. You're, I think it's you're a kind of breaking deal. up. It sounds like it sounds like you're underwater or something like that. I can't hear sorry, what you're sorry. saying. Uh, could be the clean feed. Uh, I don't know. Could be the uh, internet. Yeah, it happens once in a while. My bad. It could be my noise limiter. I'll I'll play with it. Um, 
even if it's three or four years, I'd rather have that hundred million dollars go to Joe Rogan because he's probably going to do good things with it. Of course, of course. I, I mean, he's still a great guy. I'm just how saying, much did a he, Joe Rogan is, in my opinion, the most powerful man in media when it comes to fi- figures that are actually on the screen. Um, and I don't think he actually had to. I don't think this was something that was forced on him. I think I think he chose. To, well, yeah. to not put those, you know, on his own without without pressure from Spotify, and they were well, like, "That's but, great." But cool. the question is, I think it was a win win for Rogan and Spotify because they're some of Rogan's most popular episodes, but they're also some of his most controversial. So Spotify says, "Well, we don't have to have these controversial ones on," and Rogan says, "My episodes with the most views can stay up on YouTube and get way more views there, and up on yeah. his website, mm-hmm. and up on wherever else, not, and not be exclusive to Spotify." Here's Alex's take on it, and uh, this was right after he talked to Rogan on the phone. The September 1st, the morning, everything went to Spotify. This Joe Rogan thing's become a big story. Middle of the night, I start going, bzz, bzz, bzz. Hear, hear phone calls going on. My phone's in the other room, but I could hear it. I found out in the morning what it was. Dozens of calls and text messages. You've been censored off Spotify on the Joe Rogan upload. So this morning, I called Joe. About 9.30, he answered. And he said, absolutely not. And he explained the whole thing to me. This is bigger than just a celebrity like Joe Rogan. The reason it's important is his exodus from California, what he's been witnessing, and the fact that he pretty much did leave YouTube because they were exercising control over him. He has control over what he's doing, and he explained that to me this morning. And uh, I shot a video right before the show went live recounting what happened. Here it is. I had a lengthy discussion with Joe this morning, just a few minutes ago. Because I had to call him in the middle of the night, buzz, buzz, call, call. I get up at like 5 a.m., dozens of text messages and calls saying, is Spotify censoring the Joe Rogan podcast? And I didn't know until I talked to him this morning and he explained it. They've got 1,500 plus files and then some migrating over and they've had a few problems here and there with corrupted files with the naming of them. Okay, that I don't buy. That's bullshit. That sounds like Spotify lied to Joe and Joe or Joe lied to Alex. Yeah. (laughs) And Spotify wants to have a first rollout and then a second rollout. And here's the key. Joe Rogan's favorite 100 episodes of the last 10 years or so will be left on YouTube starting December 31st when he goes exclusively to Spotify. Now, that does make sense because that would explain why Joey Diaz and Tommy Chong and people like that were left off the Spotify list. Okay, that makes way more sense if it's going to be. But he has to market it that way. It's just kind of it's just kind of weird that he did. He let it go in silence. Yeah. Uh, you know, or like, even Joey Diaz isn't in the loop. Like, why? Well, yeah, why, why not? Rogan sees all this controversy going and he knows it's, uh, you know, there's a, a, a simple explanation. But it's in his benefit to just shut up for a week and let everyone talk about, oh, you know, Joe Rogan's censoring everyone. Oh, Alex Jones, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. he can just- No come such thing as bad press. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, actually, that's not, I mean, not necessarily true. Spotify's uh, stocks kind of crashed. <laughs> I think they lost like a massive portion of their market cap that they gained from having Joe Rogan. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I thought but that's kind of like when Elon Musk lost Tesla's stock for smoking weed. It doubled like the next week. So- yeah. It might pop we'll see, back yeah. up. But yeah. You think about awesome. when the Joe Rogan thing was uh, announced and uh, as it was starting, uh, a lot of that could be uh, what they call 
profit taking, right? People are saying, oh, my stock went up. I'm going to sell now and make my money. Thanks, Joe Rogan. So the stock dips for a while, but then it'll it'll go back up. So, you know. That's true. At the same time, it could be. be this actually profit. could be engineered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um, and I know Adam, on the uh, last No Agenda, not the one they're doing now, but the last one, he was saying it's not really his business to uh, say what's going on, but he said it wasn't a big deal, basically. So I mean, we'll see. Time will definitely tell. This is something that in the next couple of weeks, like the truth is going to come out for sure. I, I think Adam's eventually going to convince Joe to go value for value, and Joe's going to make more than $100 million. Especially if Joe gets, starts having you know more um, blackballed, controversial guests. I wish he'd get Gavin back on more than anybody. Gavin McGinnis is hilarious. Well, that, that's why what I'm wondering is going to happen in the future with this. Is is he going to be able to have controversial guests on while he's in the Spotify contract? That's a three-year deal. Um, so he could go value for value, but he'd have to wait till that contract is up, most likely. Yeah. Well, it's supposedly written in the Spotify contract that he can have whoever he wants on, and Alex Jones is written by name in that contract. Wow. Probably Suppose. as an example. Yeah. Wow. For this couple months, no man's land, the content will be on both platforms and will be migrating over. And so that's why the Alex Jones interview is not there. That's why some of the other interviews aren't there, because those are going to be the exclusive interviews that are left on YouTube, where in Joe's words, they'll probably get even more views than if they were on Spotify. So that's what's happening. And so I asked Joe, who's always been a straight shooter, point blank, I said, well, is Spotify censoring you? He said, absolutely not. What they're doing is trying to organize things right now, get this migration taken care of, and that I will obviously be on the podcast as well in the very, very near future. So I will be on, other guests will be on, Joe Rogan is in control of what goes on his show, and I'm just super excited about it. Joe is super excited because we've been friends since I met him in 1998. We've had our ups and downs. We've had some incredible adventures together. I'll just leave it at that. And to see him <laughs> as the number one media person in the world and to know uh, that he's having all these big, diverse conversations is extremely, extremely exciting. We've had some credible adventures together. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what, what, what are you implying here? Uh, gay sex, probably. I don't know. That's what Owen Benjamin and John McAfee say that Rogan's like has sex Whoa. with gay midgets. And is stuff. this an actual like conspiracy? Is there a conspiracy that Joe is bisexual? Yeah, John. I mean, John McAfee and Owen Benjamin are trolls for sure. But McAfee <laughs> sure. won't go back on Rogan's podcast now because like he saw Joe have sex with midgets in Taiwan or something. It's a ridiculous <laughs> story. That's some bullshit. That's bullshit. Oh my god. <laughs> midgets. In I love John McAfee. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to try to get John McAfee on uh, Wheel of Topics. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd be great. You heard his interview with Nick the Rat. That was so great. My God. <laughs> He's fantastic. He's been like licking the bottom of his shoes to prove his immune system strong. And people are like, you clean the shoe beforehand. And then he took a video walking around like in the dirt with a shoe and licks it a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh man! Well, we uh, talk right, a little bit about the censorship on Twitter, guys, because uh, yes. I have a theory that it's not about removing Alex Jones. There, the, Twitter's not afraid of Alex Jones talking his stuff. It, it's about it's an it's an old ancient technique, which is called the head on a stick, where you know ancient warriors uh, Genghis Khan and whoever would 
kill one guy and, you know, put his head on a stick and put him in a public place. And like, this is what happens to you when you go against Genghis Khan. So right. it wasn't about, we have to kill this guy. It, 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 for all you know, that guy could have been like just, you know, the janitor in the castle. The point was to show this is what happens to you if you challenge us. So Make getting rid of Alex Jones and making it public, it, 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 it's not about censoring Alex Jones. It's about censoring you, you and me. So that when next time we think about saying something that we believe is against Twitter's clearly placed uh, ideals and political stances, that we self-censor. That's the point of, of, of getting rid of Alex Jones and whoever. Uh, that's the point yeah, of 100%. suspending James Woods. It's not to get rid of James Woods for a week. It's about making Mr. Alves and Sir Seatseater and, and, and everyone else just self-censor. It's make an yeah. example of you, and uh, and also like now, now, it, yeah, and, and not only that, but it it makes the narrative like the first people they censor are already on the fringes and already despised by a good amount of people. So from then on, when you hear more people are getting censored, you automatically associate them in your brain with an Alex Jones or with a you know whoever else, a David Icke. Yeah, they they have a few different terms, subgroups, you know, uh, racists, conspiracy theorists, sexists, most of the ists, you know, that's how that's what they'll put you in. And if they can label you with one of those, then you're automatically put into a box in the populace's mind. And what this is about is just societal control, really. You know, it's about the hive mind. and, And it's just it's one. The Internet is wonderful because it puts out this example, uh, a viewing window where you can see the thought patterns of many, many people at once on social media and how someone throws one idea out there, whether it's good or bad. And immediately hundreds of people can comment and rally again, you know, with it or, you know, cry against it. And it, you know, it, it, what it does is it weighs an idea in your mind. If you see a lot of people talking about it, you know, it doesn't, it, you know, that doesn't validate an idea, um, you know, but having so many people interacting can, I just, I think it can be a very unhealthy thing and, and, but it's a, addi- you know, it's addicting and it's a, they've basically taken this innovation with technology and science and the culture as we've you know advanced over time. And they're turning it into another method of control. It's it's you know the same thing which you the same thing you made an example of with Genghis Khan is just what they did in the past, and this is the future version of it. And it's kind of scary to think about where it's going to go with like stuff like Neuralink and things like that. You know, I mean, huh. I don't know. Here's a weird anecdote. Um, Matthew Buddha is one example, but there's a bunch more. Um, his Pedogate Part One got banned shortly after he put it on YouTube, and then recently he put Pedogate Part Three up, and that got banned from YouTube. But then Trump, and this is just one example of several I've seen. Trump signed the executive order that like enforces Section Two Thirty and preventing online censorship or whatever. And now both of Matthew Buddha's Part One and Part Three YouTube put back up when originally they had refused his ability to even appeal the ban. YouTube has, uh, um, has an issue, which is, uh, 
they use copyright infringement as their stick. Uh, right now I'm in YouTube jail because, uh, one of the live streamers and fun fact, a right wing ish veteran right streamer put a copyright strike against me for, uh, for doing a live stream of the Portland riots and, uh, some kind of strange name was in the chat room and saying, Hey, I'm going to take you down unless you get rid of this particular live stream. And I was like, you're not that guy. So, you know, you know, go pound salt. Mm-hmm. And then later when I got the copyright strike, <laughs> I, I emailed them and I said, I very politely said, listen, listen, we were commenting on the stream, fair use. And we were not only that I was, you can, you can go rewatch the video. I was speaking favorably of this uh, streamer. And how great their coverage was. So uh, listen, I'll pull the videos down and just retract the copyright strike. And everyone's happy. And they agreed. And they sent an email immediately. And it's been, I don't know, month and a half, two months later. Uh, and I have, uh, I've sent uh, screenshots of the emails that they sent to YouTube. And I'm still, I still have to wait the three months until like October 31st. Uh, so I can live stream again. So Maybe that's also a part of the thing why, uh, you know, Rogan is coming off YouTube because if someone that you're streaming plays a song in the background, you're going to get a copyright strike, you know, from BMG or Sony records mm-hmm. and they own well, yeah. your video. They can take you down. Whereas yeah, that's, on, uh, that's a good point. Twitch is actually more, um, more open. Twitch doesn't do this automatic takedown bullshit. Uh, they, they, they will actually only take you down if, someone, you know, makes a valid claim, uh, where YouTube, it's all automatic, right? So if if I'm talking to you as a guest and your wife walks into the room and her cell phone goes off and her ringtone is, you know, whoop, there it is. (laughs) That's a bad example. But even if if her ringtone is any any copyright song, that that three seconds that her her phone is playing that song, you're down. That's it. Your whole video, your whole business, your whole hobby, your whole podcast is finished. That's why I haven't even bothered with YouTube. I mean, we're on Spotify and Google Podcasts and our website and, you know, all the podcast catching apps pretty much. I'm not even going to bother with YouTube because we're audio only anyway, so who fucking cares? It's just a hassle. Um, but, yeah, no, that reminds me. It was either Drunken Peasants or Deep Fat Fried got banned from live streaming a couple, for a couple months because somebody said faggot on their live stream. And then um, <clears throat> on yeah. live stream on YouTube. And that get, just thinking of that made me think, I, I was going back and listening to the Gavin McInnes episodes. I listened to both those. I listened to most of both the Milo episodes and the Joey Diaz, one or two of those that got banned. I noticed a common thread, and that was Rogan or a guest, but usually Rogan saying the N-word on the episode. So I'm wondering if that was also why Rogan didn't want those to move to Spotify or Spotify didn't want them to move there. You also have to monitor your, your chat room on YouTube. So you, you right. have to moderate. You have to turn the auto moderator on. There's no choice. I mean, that's an yeah, option. YouTube says you can get in, tr- in trouble for your comment section now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, during the live stream, even during the Portland riots, whatever, I have to literally say to people, you know, because uh, YouTube will hold the comment and I'll have to say, listen, you know, and you have to be familiar with their, uh, their guidelines. I have to say, listen, you cannot be, you know, talking about harm to other people. I don't care if you're, if you don't like Antifa or if you don't like the cops you cannot be commenting like that. We're going to have to mute you for 30 minutes. We'll see you later. If I let that, if I, if I click approve and that comment goes out, someone at YouTube that really has it against me or against my ideology or uh, what I'm doing, will just say, Oh no, you had a, 
you know, you had a uh, you know, call to violence in your chat room. You allowed it to happen. Uh, again, three months. Well, there's one strike. And, and YouTube is three strikes, you're out. Mm-hmm. So I, even if I was, you know, you're three strikes, three strikes, you're out. Like literally you, your whole, uh, all your videos are gone. So I, I always recommend to people, uh, promote your website and, and sure forward it to YouTube. If that's what you do. So go to starship alves.com. So don't, don't promote people to go to youtube.com slash starship alves. Cause that, that could disappear overnight. Yeah. True. Promote your By own the way, website. Starship Alves, Alves will be linked in the show notes. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, and but you were saying, like, there's certain types of violence that YouTube and Twitter let slide. Like, you know, violence against children, if you're advocating for pedophilia, that seems to have no problem on Twitter and YouTube. Um, I mean, BuzzFeed does it, for Christ's sake. And then you've got, um, you know, if you're advocating violence against white people or against cops, I've, I've rarely seen that get uh, people get in trouble for that unless it's very blatant and very extreme. It's usually, um, you know, things that run contrary to the narrative that get like, absolutely like Patriot J. Although Patriot J would say faggot every now and again on Twitter. I think he called yeah. Don Lemon a faggot, but he never got in trouble for that. He got in trouble for his stupid stuff. Yeah. And then on twitch.tv, you can hear a lot of that F word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kids playing, uh, you know, video games. Hey, you F. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I played Xbox back in the day, man. Xbox 360. You would hear the the N-word and the that F-word just constantly. Just from a bunch of, like, middle schoolers. Call of Duty on PC way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah like, that's... If you think, like... Uh, if you find things on Twitter offensive, just try playing, like... Games online circa 2008, 2010, and get back to me. <laughs> but you know what? Now you can. Try it on Xbox One. You'll, you'll get oh, yeah, caught. They'll, yeah, they'll get you. Oh, yeah. They will. Yeah. Absolutely. They control that kind They're of your account. You keep doing it. It was a different time. That, that uh, was when Tropic Thunder had just come out. It was a different time. Have y'all seen that video that's going around uh, Twitter right now of that guy who is telling the other dude to say the N-word, and then he, <laughs> he says it, and then he hits him in the face with the skateboard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> oh stand there. That was pretty like, funny, I thought. Coming. The, the guy's like, uh, he, he's telling him, he's projecting, like, I'm going to hit you with this gate. And the guy just stands there. What the hell? They're both twigs. They're both, I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> I feel like self-defense is just not even an impulse anymore in the general person's mind. I mean, there's well, no if, way. If it is, then have... you'll be the one that gets in trouble. Like that dude that defended himself from Antifa, like, I think Darren O'Neill made the point. Why was that kid going to that protest anyways? He was probably looking for trouble, but I mean, he was getting assaulted by two people. When he pulled out that gun and blew that dude's arm half off, I mean, he was acting in self-defense, but he's the bad guy. Yeah, no doubt. He he was less oh, yeah. than like half a second away from getting his head blown off. Oh yeah. There was a, the, one of the guys approaching him had a gun in his hand. So yeah, the, the guy the fire actually who got the, shot the in the arm is the one yeah. who was holding a gun. Yeah, right, so. he shot him in the, in the arm that was holding the gun. <laughs> but know? that dude that shot him in the arm is probably going to get in trouble because he's on the wrong side of the uh, political narrative. Oh, we're, of course. we're too docile now. We're too domesticated. We're to the point where if if there are no police responding, we don't even know what to do. I'm not saying yeah. us, I'm saying the general populace. See the people at these restaurants getting you know 
threatened to raise their arms in the Nazi salute or whatever that salute, the that Black Lives Matter salute. Yeah, that, that's your brown the Wakanda shirt. forever salute. Yeah, that's that's brown shirt stuff. That's yep. like you must raise the uh, salute the the Fuhrer or you're out. We're gonna take you out. Yeah. And you see like ninety sure. percent of the people in the restaurant raising the salute. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I get you. I bet you. Uh, you know. Self-defense classes and martial arts are just like the, the amount of attendees is skyrocketing right now. Oh, firearm <laughs> sales are up like crazy. In the Virginia United outlawed training martial arts, jujitsu and all that. You remember um, around the time of that what? Virginia gun rights rally? It might have been a temporary ban, but they did. They outlawed like, you know, just combat training, like without a weapon. That's, in, that's insane. Yeah. Wow. Gavin Newsom needs to go. That or not Gavin Newsom. What's the dude? What's the blackface guy that said we kill babies after they've already been born? The governor of Virginia. I have no what idea, his, man. What is his name? Oh, what is you his know, name? You know who I'm talking about, though. We keep the babies comfortable, and then the discussion will be. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that clip. Or seen that uh, clip. What's the black? What's uh, I just I'll just Google blackface governor because it's going to bug me if I know Ralph, <laughs> Ralph Northam. No, that yeah, sounds him. right. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Ralph Northam. Yeah, he's. Well, I mean, Ted Wheeler has to go. <laughs> what a knob. Yeah, that's the the Portland mayor. My God. And he, I mean, you and you look into who funded all these guys' campaigns, and Soros keeps popping up. Yeah, that's why it was a genius move when uh, Trump had. Uh, all the marshals, the U.S. marshals, deputize every single Oregon state trooper. <laughs> yes. So now, when they arrest you, it's federal charges. So now you're seeing that the, these uh, these riots are slowly petering out because they're now getting arrested, charged, and we're gonna they're gonna have to go to court and, and go to prison. Shit, twelve year prison mi- minimum for pulling down a statue. I'd quit doing that real quick. Isn't that what Trump made it? No doubt. But but as they keep, you know, releasing them every night and the charges are dropped, they get more brave. That's why they're going now into the residential neighborhoods. And you know, they were using flamethrowers last night in Portland. I saw that. That's so crazy. They shot one of their own flamethrower yeah. in, in the lake. And no one yeah. could put the fire out because they were all like blowing on it, trying to put water. It's a freaking gasoline fire, for Christ's sake. Uh, <laughs> and with the flamethrower, with a Molotov. But the, the, finally, someone comes over, walks over calmly with a fire extinguisher. And of course it's a police officer, <laughs> you know, I, he's using a dry chemical uh, fire extinguisher and puts it out in like two seconds. And everyone else is just like tapping on it with their hands. Like it's a gasoline fire. You can't put it out with a bottle of water. <laughs> it just seems I, like a bunch of toddlers going on a temper tantrum yeah. with weapons. You know, it's, yeah. it's incredible. The behavior. More incredible is that they're being allowed to do it for three months straight. Right. Yeah, and Trump's stuck in a catch twenty two because you know, if if Obama would have shut like these protests down, he would have been applauded. But if Trump does it, you know, he's Hitler. Well, because the media is com- the media is completely controlled. Yeah, um, I love the one hundred percent. It's not even satire anymore. It's like CNN yeah. and MSNBC really do the like, well, these peaceful protests, and right behind them, like a building's on fire. <laughs> If Trump, had sent, uh, if, if Trump had sent the feds over in federal vehicles, uh, armored vehicles, and they had driven or flown 
you know, in, in like uh, transport planes to these uh, cities, they would have you know, been on him for, oh, why is he sending these troopers, these uh, military equipment? Why did he spend these millions of dollars putting these vehicles on? So Trump, you know, he has them rent vans in the target cities, has them fly over coach, you know, mm-hmm. and they rented vans to do their thing. And now it's, oh, why is it? Unmarked vans, Gestapo. Yeah. He can't win. He cannot win he with that. He can't win. And I don't agree with him on everything, but yeah, he's definitely, his hands are tied on this. Like, um, But he, like he says at his rallies, and I almost agree with him if it weren't for the collateral damage of citizens in these Democrat-run cities. But I like when he says, like, should we take care of the problems in Portland or in Milwaukee, or uh, should we just uh, let everybody see him burn, see how Democrat cities burn? And it's like, in a certain sense, like, I mean, it's better for his um for the people to see like how shitty democrat run cities are to let them burn but i mean that sucks if you're stuck in that city your business gets torched yeah right and a lot of people moving out of those cities look at new york the big the yeah. the biggest winner is u-haul <laughs> see the line google or, or duck duck go uh u-haul in new york city my god there's lineups around the block people trying to get a a van and they can't it's sold yeah. out Hold out. Yeah, I saw it. it was a picture of Gavin Newsom, and it was like U-Haul, a U-Haul salesman of the month or something. Nice. U-Haul salesman of the year. <laughs> Pretty good. Good meme. But but you know all these riots that we know about, and we're watching this on Twitter and uh, live streams. You could go to woke.net. Uh, they're they're streaming all the time. <laughs> a great streamer on YouTube is Portland Andy. He's just a good character. I love watching him just grill a steak he's a funny dude and not to say he's left wing or right wing he just thinks it's all hilarious and he streams it but mm-hmm. you don't see it is hilarious in a lot of ways you don't see this on cbc or bbc or msnbc anything with a bc at the end uh you know you don't see it on cnn you don't see it on fox even uh, unless uh what's her name Haley is playing it on the screens behind her uh you, you just don't see it there is censorship in the media and the, the the biggest and most important form of censorship is omission, is not covering something or ignoring it or replacing it with, oh, hey, hey, look at this, a, a panda in the China Zoo. And you're playing that instead of literal riots and, you know, Molotov cocktails in your own city. People uh, quick cementing the doors of the Justice Center with uh, human beings inside and trying to set the building on fire. That's not news, but... Uh, hey, look, there's a live-action uh, version of Mulan coming to Disney+. Plus. That's that's censorship by omission, which is, I think, the biggest problem, is censorship and, by omission. And it's an obvious sign that the media is controlled. There, there is some form of, cent- of central force controlling the media in America, you know, because it has not always been this way. It hasn't always been this way. There was a time when, when you know, different outlets reported different things and considered different subjects news. Now you it was see at least all, more of, all of these, when you see all of these supercuts of, you know, um, local broadcasting companies using recycled key phrases, all of them using the exact same headline. You know, this, this is stuff I know that, you know, journalists will tend to, to copy headlines and things like that. But when you see a story that has key phrases, that are constantly repeated over, you know, you know, let's say 50 different broadcasting outlets, that's a sign that they're getting their information somewhere. They have oh, it, a, a, com- a common that. source. You know, there's, yeah, it goes beyond that. And that's what I'm saying is 
we're talking about censorship, right? I mean, the media in America seems to be completely controlled. And I don't think that we're going to solve censorship until we find out or someone does um, how it's all being controlled, who's behind it all, and then puts a, shines a light on that. Let me uh, let me piggyback off what you just said with uh, two clips. Um, this first one is from Plandemic 2, which ironically was immediately censored. And if you look today at social distancing studies, you will see the studies that used to be number one, number two, number three on the pages of PageRank search don't exist anymore. And what is there are studies that wind up having headlines that support the common narrative. You're going to be hearing more about advanced guidelines. Because if you can keep people from assembling, guess what they're not talking about? They're not talking about the issues of the campaign. If you can keep people in their homes, the only source of information that you can have is what you curate for them. Now I know how to target my electorate. They're in the only place I allow them to be. Being fed the only message I'm allowing them to hear through a media that I control. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. How often does the CIA manipulate the media in this way? It goes beyond your wildest imagination setting up student organizations so they could draw radical students in. 5,000 university professors co-opted to help the CIA manipulate people's minds. Journalists in the U.S., including big-name journalists, co-opted to function routinely to help the CIA put out stories and biases to the world. As this 1952 CIA memo says, the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will. It's a great brainwashing process to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community and their country. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations, I think you've got to be much more careful about it. <laughs> So how do we know that Operation Mockingbird still isn't in effect? Well, we don't. So that uh, really made me think, because like, like you said, Noah, it is censorship. Propaganda in itself is censorship, especially when you see everybody from Brian Stelter, Oliver Darcy, and Anderson Cooper, who is CIA, um, on CNN, to, you know, Jink and Anna on The Young Turks, to, you know even people on Fox News advocating for the censorship of all these independent media people, whether they're controversial or not. Listen to what, and this is a clip from Ping Trip, but like when you realize that these are likely many of them paid CIA or paid Soros people pushing for censorship, then uh, propaganda in itself is censorship. I mean, it's, it's wild. We've had a standard in this country. If someone is using their speech poorly, you go to court. But you're advocating for billionaire guys in Silicon Valley to decide this all on their own, and you run a fucking media company? Yes. 
Yes, I and am. that's what you're advocating yes, for. Yes, I am. I want them shut down. I want them silenced. I want them muted. I think they are horrible for our society. The right to be on a platform—that is not free speech. So you don't that, think that's that, not? So, so that you, is not. We then. have censorship because we need censorship. We do. We're living in a time when the constitutional protection of free speech is being exploited and purposely misunderstood by people with nefarious motives. <laughs> am I wrong, or did you just advocate for Mark Zuckerberg being able to do this on his own, or for Google or YouTube to be able to do this? They no. are allowed Did to you have, just, uh, have a process. So you're advocating yes. for in dark, yes. in secret. Right, why, why is the court better than internal process? Um, hey guys, uh, let me cut in real quick. Um, it, yeah. Wow. We uh, we just got taken down by YouTube. They just killed our stream. So you're saying that it, an, an adversarial judicial process with an impartial judge which follows the law and the Constitution is not any better than Mark Zuckerberg and that fucking... Anytime they've considered banning him, the right wing cries about free speech violations, even though private businesses, again, can ban anyone they please. It's why YouTube recommended wow. videos by the conspiracist Alex Jones billions of times. Private businesses can take action against us for saying anything they disagree with. Dude, I, I disagree with I'm this. fucking this telling you exactly what you're telling me. I disagree with There's no defending what you're defending. No, you're defending no. a no, opaque, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're putting words in my mouth and you're, you're doing You're not defending that? that? I'm not. So you We're done. We're done. Go, go to break or whatever. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so that was basically <laughs> a bunch of fucking idiots versus Jimmy Dore. It was good. Oh, man. No, but Anna it's true. Kasparian I mean, when you when, just hilarious. I mean, the, and the, she's the on the hypocrisy. Soros. Her checks are not literally signed by Soros, but they're two steps away from that. Soros funds the Young Turks more than anybody, and then Jink signs the check to her. He buys the gasoline for the Portland riots, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But anyways, it's incredible how the Young Turks have morphed over the past what ten years. Yeah, I yeah, do they, love they that. Co-opted, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah I th what, I'm, what I'm starting to realize is that many people um, that we look up to because they actually share the truth or they have in the past are not who we think they are. They're just they're basically they, they see the truth as a market. It's a market that's not catered to. So they, they try they to become a personality. They got offered that, that big dollar figure and they sold out. Right, right. Well, which is, I think that's the kind of person that I'm describing as a person who would take the big dollar figure. It's not something they, they, they're they're talking about these beliefs and they know how to do a character who speaks passionately. You know, I think Jimmy Dore is an example of somebody who actually genuinely firmly believes these things to the point where it's enraging him and he's screaming at someone. When you look at someone like Jank and, you know, and a lot of the young Turks who've, who've stayed there over the past you know, 10, 15 years, I don't know how long they've been in business. Um, Jank wasn't so bad 10 years ago. Right, exactly. That's my point. Is and so that that's the personality that that he has. Yeah, I mean, he had some some core beliefs, but at the same time, he always sells out for for the you know the team, which which tells me that he's not an independent thinker, not really, when it comes down to it. You know, someone yeah. can share the truth and speak the truth and not be a saint. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, I think that I think, yeah, I would say that applies to everybody. Right, right. But there's some people who don't sell out, you know, and that's, that's, I, yeah, I wouldn't say everybody is that kind of person who would, you know, right. um, some people have principles uh, that they hold firmly. But anyway, and, and but those there's a people lack, take a, a vow of poverty. 
<laughs> Many <Yeah>. times. Ding. <laughs> well, anyways, what else is going on in the world of censorship? We have a lot of different ways we could go down, different paths we could take. Now, do we include um, when the media introduces their um, stuff into other media? Or are we only talking about news media right now? Because, like, when uh, certain political thoughts and political ideals are introduced into media and it's spoon-fed to you via whether it's a TV show or a movie. Uh, I mean, last night I was watching, uh, what's that movie called? I'm thinking about ending things. And I thought, how nice. This is a movie that's not spoon-feeding me anything. I have to figure it all out on my own. You know, it's like a, like a French, you know, like old French movies. Mm. It was all surreal and weird and, you know, three different people could have three different thoughts of what the movie was about. That's nice. And then you have other... I've seen it. You should check it out. But, you know, most most of these movies and TV shows all have stuff ingrained. And, you know, we hear the clips on No Agenda Show. You know, whenever I hear one, I'm like, oh, ding, 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 got to record that, send it off to Adam, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And they're pushing a narrative. And uh, it's something that seems, uh, and I, I, I'm a liberal from Canada, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> but it means something else over here. But uh, right. I, I noticed that it's all uh, Democrat talking points on news media. And that's something that, uh, you know, just continues. Uh, I can see it. Uh, any, you can see it, the anti-Trumpness in the last four years of media. Anything that was produced within that time period, you see it, it's like, oh, orange man, bad. You know, you don't, you don't see Well, any, we can't attack a president. Yeah. Well, you don't see any orange man badass. It's all orange man bad. <laughs> is this a form These of... These people are crazy. Or is it just propaganda? What do we call it? Why, why, why is the right wing in the States so afraid to get into media and creativity and, and uh, put their own... Uh, Ah, because I, because I well, think what you're, when you use the word Democrat, I mean, it, it is the Democrats right now. But if you go back 10 years, I mean, you could see a lot of the same talking points on the Republican side. It's I, I like, you know, I like the term, you know, establishment. That's what it is, is that we're fighting the establishment. We're fighting people who, who have been in power and are seeking to maintain power. And they migrate from Democrat to Republican, depending on um, um, where they can get the most poll and the most control. And that's that's what's happened to the Republicans right now. That's why they're afraid to fight back is because it's a whole different kind of set of Republicans. You got Trump in there. And uh, I mean, that's why it's been all orange man bad. And they've been, you know, the you're media not, has been fucking right. furious not, with them. Yeah. With him for it's so long. Democrat. It's because it's because he's an outsider. He's he's not right. he's not it's not that he's a good guy. It's that he's just not on their team and that pisses them off. You're right, and, because I remember now when, when Bush was in power, uh, a lot of the media was all, you know, kill the terrorists, kill, you know, kill the... Um, New York Times, MSNBC, exactly. CNN, they, they all supported that Iraq war. Exactly, man. Yeah. But, I mean, the, look the at, Democrats look at what have the, one business and the Republicans have the business of war, you know? Well, the um, Democrats have the business of war, too. Let's be they, honest. they do, yeah. they do, they do. Obama was yeah, the biggest can, war criminal we've ever had in the White House. But I mean, if you want to connect this to an even more conspiracy theorist place, I mean, and look at the rage of the establishment, if, you know, they've all migrated to the Democrat side, they've basically let the country burn 
released a pandemic. And if you want to get even crazier, I don't know how far you go out when it comes to conspiracies. You've got harp. You've got weather control. We've had all this crazy weather. Didn't California have something around like 11,000 lightning strikes in uh, about a like 10-hour period or something like that? Yeah. Don't forget I mean, about Curry's earthquake machine. That there's there's okay. I mean that then the oscillating whatever that's called I mean it's just I, these are wild and crazy things which is just kind of fun to think about but if you I mean even coming back down to earth the amount of control is just it, that's being expressed in the rage of the establishment that somebody is in con, in power in the presidency that's not directly tied to their you know puppet strings yeah you know they're they're li- literally willing to let. Thousands upon thousands of people die to get yeah, control. And, and that's just because Trump got in there. I mean, look at what the establishment left did to Tulsi Gabbard to stop her. And she didn't have the you know persuasion Trump did and the power Trump did. Look at what the establishment right did to Ron Paul. And, you know, you can go mm-hmm. further and further back. Good Trump's example. the first one there, love him or hate him, that's not controlled. Um, so, right. And honestly, I, I can't stand Trump. <laughs> they didn't expect him to win. They laughed him off. No. He was the joint candidate, and it was guaranteed that you know Clinton was going to win. Pride comes before the fall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, then the they laughed. From Tennessee, went, I've been right? doing this for a long time. <laughs> Space Force, <laughs> sir, we love China very much. Please don't be too tough on them. Chris is flexing his uh, Trump clip collection here. <laughs> it's extensive. It looks like you're having a good time. Tremendous. Man. And I just wish I had time. I'd get on one of those boats. Notice how the media has completely ignored that, uh, you know, he he started off uh, peace in the Middle East and peace in the Balkans. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, He did not withdraw. He withdrew many troops from Afghanistan, kept us from going into Syria, if I'm I'm correct. I mean, he's actually been pretty non-interventionist in in a general sense yeah when he started bringing up um all the peace deals in the middle east they're on the precipice of and like pulling troops out and he says ending these dumb wars not just cnn and msnbc but even fox news cut the feed of his campaign rally when he started talking about that even fox news even fox news Mm -hmm. yeah and you look at the middle east strategy it's it's and you could call him a simpleton but He's an outsider, and and he just looked at it in a simple way and said, who, "What's the roadblock here? It's the Palestinians, Hezbollah, Hamas." He's like, okay, well, funded terrorism. Let's just ignore them and make deals with everyone else all around them until they comply or get wiped off the map. Uh, that's that's it. be nice. That's, just, that's his whole theory, and it's working. It's working. It's really, He's, uh, yeah. This is so like, important. More more. We have to do this. Yeah, you know. He's yeah, like, right. well, then forget, forget what they want. Let's just make deals with everyone else. And it's working. I mean, it's really just an incredible thing to wrap your mind around as a person who doesn't even really like Trump as an individual. Like the fact that he's, it looks like he might be about to win another election and he has the entire media against him. Like the, the it, no one's on TV talking about the good things that Trump has done over the last four years. I mean, even Bush had had people doing that in mainstream media. He's a, n- n- no one talking about about the peace that he's that he's caused. You know, I mean, and, and he's gonna win again. It's just wild. 
you know, when, when you try to, it just shows you that, you know, people are hard to control. You know, your plans backfire. Locking everybody in the house and feeding them one message through the TV. I mean, that might be one thing, but you can't control people getting online and reading and going on to Reddit or going on to wherever they can find, you know, these these. Well, all, until Reddit uh, starts all, banning certain alternate. topics like they already have. Right, yeah, of course, and, controlled by China. And and have, have bonus. Everyone gets paid for staying home and you're allowed to wear masks in public. Mm. So that kind of fuels all the riots as well. Right, right. Because I mean, it, it seems it, like the rioters weren't getting a paycheck every two weeks. By the way, incidentally, that has Trump's signature on it. Uh, they'd stop because they'd have to fund themselves somehow. Right. Sad. Yeah. Well, just shows <laughs> you. I mean, it, it, Trump's if Trump wins again, this just shows you. I mean, that the people are hard to control, and and you know, plans backfire. I don't know. It's just, it's just oh, wild it, it, to me. It's definitely a backfire. The, the last time, uh, and I'm a Canadian, but I looked up the history, and the last time the Democrats tried violence in the streets uh, as, as a political tactic was 1971-ish. And then in 72, uh, was it 72 or 73, Nixon won in a landslide. Uh, he won all but one state. All but all one, state. one state? All but one state. Yeah. Holy shit. That might, what That's if that happens again? That'd be crazy. I'm going to post it on Twitter right now just so you guys can see it. I think I still have the image on my uh, downloads. Oh, but what, what state did he lose? Do you know? I'm not sure. I think I still have it in my downloads folder because I was down. Oh, this reminds me of a um, uh, a narrative that I've seen um, starting to be pushed around the Internet. It's, been, it's really saddened me that I've seen Kyle Kalinske and Crystal Ball uh, participating in this. Um, yeah. Pushing this narrative TJ that uh, – that, uh, Trump's going to it's going to look like Trump wins in a landslide on election day. But in quotes, as Until the, all the voter vote, fraud as mail the comes ballots in. come in, the voter fraud mail comes in over the next yeah. few days, Biden's going to win and Trump won't concede. They're not even considering the possibility that there might be some voter fraud with the absentee <laughs> ballots and the yeah, post office and what's happening. Right. Just in, it just blows my mind. And then when yeah, Trump says anything, Biden's just going to go like, You got a problem with that, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you guys the can actual talk Biden clip. I have the image up on Twitter. Uh, Nixon you say that again? I didn't, I didn't quite hear you. Sorry, uh, feel free to fact check, but Nixon McGovern, it was all but one uh, state went to Nixon in his first election. Wow, Nixon. Has yeah. anyone okay. ever ever beaten that that record? <laughs> When it comes to presidential elections, has anyone ever won all 50 states? George Washington, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that was before I they had 50, there were 50 states. back then. Yeah. <laughs> but he won uh, all the states, I would assume. I think it was. Crazy. Oh, it was. What was. What was it? Uh, what state is that? Maine? I think Maine and uh, what's uh, Maryland? Is that uh, DEMD? Right. Is that Maryland? Let, let's see. Let's say uh, since there have been 50 states. It looks like DC went blue. That's not a state. District so of Columbia, kind of against riots in the street. Just putting it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you got Kamala Harris saying that they're not going to stop and they shouldn't stop even if Biden wins. Which is like what? <laughs> it seems like anti, <sighs> like counterproductive to your strategy there. Well, then Biden just come out and say in a speech that he's um, uh, he's he's all of a sudden now he's trying to differentiate between the peaceful protests and the looting and the rioting. 
And he went on and on about how that's uh, uh, immoral and should not be encouraged or something like that. Yeah, he backpedaled his his uh, yeah. policy that he promised yeah. originally he was going to mandate state or uh, nationwide mask mandates indoors and outdoors. He uh, he backpedaled that too. Oh, did he? Yeah. Thank God. I mean, he'll probably still do it if he wins, you know? <laughs> right, of course. But still, I mean. He just tweeted yesterday that uh, he wants mask mandate. So he's kind of up and down. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's the dementia kicking in, you know, the Alzheimer's. <laughs> so ridiculous. Probably Come had a seizure or something like that. Hole <laughs> in his memory. On, Come on, man. <laughs> Look. Come on, man. Here's the deal. You just blah, blah, gay sex, blah, blah, Congress. <laughs> Who's that? It's granddad. It was boring. <laughs> is that a Reverend Manning? Uh, no, no real I originally I was like, Reverend Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen when Reverend Manning went on the Young Turks and he was talking about how Starbucks put semen of the sodomites in their coffee? Oh, my God. Please, no. He's like... People don't realize this, but semen tastes really good. I yeah. He's still on Twitter? <laughs> he's not on Twitter. He's he's not been censored. I didn't know not he was ever that. on Twitter. He's on YouTube. He semen of the sodomites is, could that that could be racist, right? Or There's gonna like be that. a burning in your butthole. I think it's just homophobic. Homoph- there you go. Yeah, I, I hate. Yeah, right. Sodomites because Sodom was where all the gay people were, and then God turned it to salt. He blew, hmm. No, no, he uh, blew it up with fire and meteors or whatever. But the uh, the salt was what's his name? What's oh, her name? that's Lots right. She looked. That's right. She looked back. Yeah, God said, "All right, go away. I'm going to blow this place up, and you can't even look. And if you look, I'm going to turn you into salt." That's a form of censorship, right there. That's that's yeah. pretty salty, if you ask me. That was some just quality comedy. No, there but that go. that was God censoring uh, like Lot's wife from looking. Yeah, if you, if you think about it hard enough. Yeah, censorship. Yeah, but I don't mean bitches in a disrespectful way. I mean, I mean it God as a general word for women. The original censor. If you think about have, it, have you guys faced any uh, online censorship yourselves? Any personal stories? I was talking with Larry, uh, that Larry show, uh, the last episode we did, he was on and I was like, we're in the, we're in the safe range. You know, if you've got less than 500 people listening, I feel like no matter, you can pretty much do anything you want because nobody's going to report you or anything. Um, no, we haven't had any issues. Um, other than iTunes won't keeps rejecting my request to get on, but I'm it's some kind of technical glitch. I think I don't think it's censorship. How many, how many episodes are you up now? Because I this will be. Let's see. This will be episode twenty-eight. Yeah, I think iTunes is tight now with uh, uh, low number of episodes uh, because there's a lot of pod fade. I mean, I've I've pod faded a few podcasts myself, right? And they just they want they don't want to promote episodes that haven't been steady for you know a long time. And then once you're yeah. pretty steady, I'm bit, not. I'm not. I'm not familiar with this hip lingo. What, what does pod fade mean? Most pod episode, most podcasts don't get past like episode five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people starting off and then just, yeah, going, yeah, quitting. Okay. 
I got you. So they, they don't want to push you if you only have like 30 or 40 episodes. You know, you've been doing it weekly. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll uh, they'll kind of reject you. And then uh, once they see that you are releasing on a pretty steady schedule, then they'll uh, put you in the feature and all that. But um, yeah, you got you got to get your own iTunes um, Connect account, and then submit by that way, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, we're we're on pretty much everywhere else. Um, I guess Probably I guess we're actually that, we're we're actually like thirty. Well, it, technically, tw- uh, this will be twenty eight, but if you count like the swap casts and yeah. mini casts we've done, I guess we're at close to 33 but i don't count that space force <laughs> is that actually <laughs> happening space force <laughs> oh it is it is yeah it's been happening for a while though i mean the air force has had uh a space division for quite a while kind of quietly so they're just making I have a space yeah, force didn't, t-shirt uh, didn't trump yet yeah, change it it's not going to be its own branch it actually is going to be just a division of the air force or something like that no it's it's definitely its own branch yeah, I think yeah, okay. Well, I, I like I how Trump was like the um, the Star Trek uh, insignia, which was actually there was a lawsuit about that, right? Yeah, well, they're not going to win. It was actually Star Trek that borrowed that insignia from uh, Space Command. So, oh wow, it's basically going back to their roots. Uh, it was actually Star Trek that used the logo, the original logo. So then Space Force now uses a sort of modified logo. But uh, Star Trek, I mean, if, if Paramount or whoever yep. owns CBS, they just, yeah, owns, sue them back. They can't <laughs> but, because, I mean, they, yeah, they can just sue them right back. Yeah. <laughs> my my right. favorite thing was uh, like around the time Trump announced Space Force, like in the speech, he goes like, it's like, we're doing a lot of work in space, tremendous work. And I thought, hey, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I wasn't really serious. But then I thought, hey, what a great idea. Tremendous. <laughs> 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 I'm president now. Uh, this is, oh man. You know what? A thousand years from now, that's all people are going to talk about is Space Force. Because I mean, the Navy and whatnot, pff, whatever. That's on Earth. Yeah. Right. You know, and, 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 it'll be called Space, Space Force, Force, though. It'll be called something way cooler. Now, Space Force is pretty cool. And if Alex Jones is right, if Alex Jones is right, and um, Trump is like the next George Washington, Alex was like, if Trump pulls this thing off and turns America around, uh, 200 years from now, his face will be on the money on Mars. Murder pills. <laughs> <laughs> you do a great Alex, uh, by the way. You should come on Wheel you. of... Uh, uh, I was almost said Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> you should come on Wheel of Topics as Alex Jones. I have an Alex Jones mask if I can find it. My God, fantastic. No, we, have, we need like a Milo. We need a <laughs> someone dressed as Adam Curry, which we'll do a whole... Uh, <laughs> Milo. <laughs> episode. It's Wheel of Topics, darling. I can't do Milo. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord. Ridiculous. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so what are some tips that people can uh, do, uh, you know, to avoid online censorship? Uh, I mean, well, like the one I just mentioned that we, Larry and I were talking about, make sure you have, you're under the radar to where at most you have 500 people who know who you are. That's step yeah. one. <laughs> That's <pretty good. laughs> um, Don't get popular or make money. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, also self-censoring is a way to not get censored, but then you're censoring yourself, which is even worse. So, um, 
You know, but, but you, I, you, some self-censoring I'm okay with. Like, I don't mind that, you know, I have to not, you know, not say, oh, maybe the cops should like just mow these people down with machine guns. Okay. I, I get why that's a rule. Okay. I get that. It sucks. Um, you know, but at the same time, it doesn't bother me that I, I can't say that online. I'm not it's even when, sure if advocating violence is protected by the First Amendment. I don't. No, even, I wouldn't even call that self censorship. I'd yeah. I'd call that just. I just call that discernment. I'd yeah. say that's that's step number one is be discerning. I, I think don't, that don't say the stupid only things. Uh, the only thing that they should censor is illegal speech. Now it's up to us to vote politicians in and out to determine what the laws are, and you know maybe we want that to be legal speech, but when they're when they're censoring you for something, saying something that's not illegal to say. That's where I draw the line. Right. And and that's that's a private corporate type thing. And I think the future is going to be either. And I'm not saying either one of these is a preferable avenue, but uh, either a, you know, legislation and control of, you know, the government stepping in and trying to preserve free speech. You know, the, I mean, obviously, there's lots of ways that could go bad or be innovation and more. um public squares, you know, more, more social media companies and things like that. I mean, we've only basically got four to five to choose from at this time. I mean, do I want two different This is, well, what this, what this is, is innovation and competition. So, so when one business comes in and does things one way and starts failing or, and, and the, the, the consumer base is pissed off or you know doesn't like the services they go to another service provider and that's just the natural i mean that from a right from just a capitalist you know point of perspective but do you really want to have buy have to buy a different telephone because your your telephone your cellular service doesn't allow you to say certain things right and i'm not saying i'm not not saying either one of these is preferable what i'm I'm saying is these are the only two avenues i see in the future happening people are going to get tired of people already have gotten tired of facebook myspace is gone you know there's things are going to morph and change and there's going to be less censorship if there are more companies and more people with different perspectives on how to run a, a social media business you know, and I mean, I just, I just see that as the future, just naturally what's going to happen. People, people get tired of things. We like novelty. Yeah. I, uh, I just watched, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I just watched, uh, Bill and Ted too. And that reminded me of the documentary, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, who were the guys that played Bill and Ted made, um, Keanu Reeves narrated, Alex Winter directed it. And it's about the Silk Road and Ross Ulbrich and the dark, the, the deep web. But the What's Silk called? Road was, uh, uh, it's called Dark Web or Deep Web. I think it's called Deep Web. But it's a, it's a really good documentary. I, I, uh, I can give you a copy of it, Noah. But, um, That'd be great. It might be on BitChute or something. If it is, I'll link it in the show notes. But it's, um, it's about Ross, Ross Ulbrich, the Silk Road. And he and the other guys that built that really envisioned, they kind of took what the cyberpunks were doing in the 80s and 90s and built upon that with like a crypto anarchist, you know, libertarian platform where you can, you know, buy goods and services anonymously, which of course turned into um, things like drugs and all kinds of stuff. But they had a code of morals, you know, they wouldn't allow um, any child pornography, which is good. They wouldn't allow any um, violence, no murders for hire, nothing that was explicitly designed to harm people like poisons, anything like that. But other than that, it was, um, 
a way to anonymous an, an anonymous Craigslist that was you know you accessed on Tor, and just for building a website which allowed people to un- anonymously do things, Ross Ulbricht still has a life sentence in prison, which is a, a, besides Assange, I think one of the first people Trump should pardon. But um, anyways, yeah, that like innovations like that, um, they either get shut down or locked out, and that's what's happening with a lot of the alternatives to. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, like Gab, and m- just recently happening with Mastodon is their apps are being banned from the App Store. Um, certain browsers won't let you access them. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in Canada, so I mean, like something like uh, the PirateBay.org on most browsers, I can't even reach it. Oh, so really? Brave browser for the win. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Brave's good. But yeah, I don't think can you get Brave on a mobile device? Probably not, right? Uh, I well, last time I checked, you could get Brave on. Uh, I'm gonna check right now. I haven't okay. used it on the iPhone in a while, but yeah, I know um, Gab was never allowed, even though they met all the requirements. And of course, like uh, Infowars news app was the number one news app after Alex Jones got banned until they banned it off. Yeah, the, there's a. And- on iOS, but uh, I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> I, iOS probably yeah. still spawning on you. Yeah, know. like Brave yeah, has the tour, the tour window you can open up as well, which makes everything anonymous. But most websites will make you like, you know, fill out sixteen uh, Google captures before you can get to the damn website. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is private. <laughs> I just filled out yeah. sixteen Google captures. There, you know, there's no way they could possibly spy on me. You need definitely. Uh, I'd, I'm always forget to put it on my uh, smartphone, but you definitely need the tape over your uh, webcam on your laptop unless you like have to use it. Yeah. All my web- I have three webcams here in the studio, so I just point them up at the ceiling. You can stare at my ceiling all you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just get them on a swivel uh, kind of connection, like a little adapter. And you can't, uh, you can't buy a smartphone now without like a minimum of three or four cameras, like a face camera. And then you got like two on the back. And yeah. It's like, I wish I, 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 I don't really wide angle that. cameras as well, as well. And the wide angle will fit far more like, I mean, you can have it pointed up at your ceiling, but it might actually get a few, uh, you know, a few, a uh, few other things in the, in the uh, view. Yeah. I'll bet like, um, I bet there's uh, something, I mean, I guess just a small piece of tape would work for that face cam on your smartphone, but you always put the electrical tape on the, uh, on the laptop and I want to get one of those uh, Faraday cages, like the little privacy pockets. They're like 10 bucks and you just, it blocks like, you know, harmful radiation and uh, tracking when your phone's in it. You can't get any text or calls till you take it out, but trying to remember the name of the company that makes the good ones that actually work. Cause there's a few on, um, there's a few on Amazon that you buy and they say they're Faraday cages, but they don't work. Yeah. Get get one of those, um, one of those tester, one of those uh, radiation, what are they called? Spectrometers or whatever. Just make sure it's not, the Geiger counter isn't going off when you hold <laughs> your phone over it in the, with the cage. Faraday, um, I got, uh, I got a serious bone to pick with HBO because when they bought the streaming rights to South Park, they censored like six episodes and they're all the ones that made fun of Muhammad. 
or or made fun of the fact that you're not allowed to make fun of Muhammad, like the two part Family Guy episode, it, which is all about freedom of speech, and the press is like saying like President Bush is president at the time that episode came out. It's like, Mr. President, why can't you stop Family Guy from airing the episode that has Muhammad in it? And President Bush is like, well, uh, because of the First Amendment. The CNN reporter's like, well, why didn't you, why didn't your administration think about this First Amendment? That, that it might have problems like that before you put it into place. <laughs> <laughs> that even that, even like making fun of the fact that you're not allowed to make fun of Muhammad was a, too much for HBO, so they've banned all the um, episodes making fun of Muhammad. Uh, but I found this clip and. One of you, I think it might have been you, Noah, was saying like how the media used to be um, not so unified and so controlled. Like there was a little more dissenting voices. Yeah. Listen to this clip of Anderson Cooper and tell me it doesn't sound almost like Tucker Carlson today. A threat against the craters of South Park, a warning by a radical Islamic group right here in America, right here in New York that they will end up dead because of a cartoon. Now, we're going to show you the cartoon in a moment that has so enraged these radical Islamists. But before we do, just think about this for a moment. We live in a country which prides itself on its freedom of speech, in which we can say whatever is in our hearts and our minds, as long as it's not threatening to someone else, as long as it's not calling for violence against somebody else. Now, you might not like South Park the cartoon. You might think it's offensive. You might decide it's not something you want to watch. That's up to you. But the notion that some radical Islamic group in America would make a threat, even a veiled one, against two men's lives because of it, is chilling. And for the people making their, this threat, that is precisely the point, to chill discussion, to chill debate. By the way, these radicals say it's not a threat, just a warning. You can be the judge of that. For Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the two guys behind South Park, it is or could be a matter of life and death. And because in a cartoon in which they made fun of a number of, rel of religious deities and figures, they also portrayed the Prophet Muhammad, censored in doing that by their own network, they portrayed him as being inside a bear costume. You've done this town a huge favor, Muhammad. Hold on a second. Stop! There are some extremists threatening that if we give Muhammad to the celebrities, they're gonna bomb us. What? Oh, it's, it's just a stupid threat. Come on, we don't want to piss off Tom Cruise again. All right, we got him, Tom. So that's what this group is objecting to, a bear suit. Now I want to bring you over the wall here and just show you uh, what they put on their website talking about Parker and Stone because of this, this, uh, this bear suit right over here. This is the website revolutionmuslim.com. And on the note it says, and you can decide if it's a threat or, or not, reads, we have to warn Matt and Trey what they are doing is stupid and they will probably end up like Theo Van Gogh for airing this show. This is not a threat, the posting goes on to say, but a warning of what will likely happen to them. The website Revolution Muslim also had information about where the South Park creators live and work and a sermon by a wanted cleric in Yemen that outlines the punishment under Islam for blasphemy. Theo Van Gogh, you'll remember, is the Dutch filmmaker murdered in 2004 after making a movie critical of Islam. He was shot on the street, his throat cut, a knife plunged into his chest. His killer wrote a note also 
threatening Western governments, Jews, and the writer of his film, Ayan Hirsi Ali. She went into hiding, has had protection ever since. She moved to the U.S. We're going to talk to her tonight. But Theo Van Gogh is not the only example of this kind of threat and danger. A year later, an attempt to trigger a debate on free speech, the editors of a Danish newspaper published cartoons depicting the Prophet Muhammad. It sparked worldwide protests in which dozens were killed. Cartoonists had to go into hiding. And of course, there's author Salman Rushdie in his book, The Satanic Verses, which caused so much controversy. It earned him a fatwa, a religious decree from Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini, calling for his death. That was 21 years ago. And now, on the streets of New York and online, there is this radical Islamic group, and they are focusing on the creators of South Park. Okay, so first of all, it sounds like Tucker. But second of all, nowadays in 2020, if this same exact scenario happened, Anderson Cooper would never use the word Islamic extremist, and he would most certainly condemn Trey Parker and Matt Stone instead of the threatening Muslims. No Definitely. Doubt. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, For sure. Yeah, <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone just doubled down after that. Which I love, but yeah, no, that 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 blew my mind because I was like, man, it's like even CNN was like way better back then. Yeah, and I'm guessing that clip is from Bush era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, when they had to be... feed, spoon feed the populace that hey, we we have to go into these wars and bomb these brown people, and this is why. Yeah, that is true. It fit the narrative of ra- radical Islam. I was yeah. going to make that point that uh, it was Anderson Cooper. You said Anderson Cooper would never say that today. And I'm like, well, Anderson Cooper's writers wouldn't give that line to him today, you know, because yeah. it doesn't fit their narrative back then if it fed the machine of war. And that's, once again, the establishment using the truth to accomplish their own means. That's a valid point. Although Trey and Matt were against the war. I mean, Team America came out when Bush was president. And they and they made fun of the, both sides. Oh, they made fun of the but, um, of course, but but it's not it's not about what Trey and Matt believe. It's how you know they can how the narrative it. can be used. Right, that's right. a good point. But like it, the victim then call for attack against the perpetrator. You know, which would be the brown people. Yeah, but yeah, what, uh, yeah, you're right. It did fit the uh, CNN you know pro war narrative at the time, but also it just sounds like the 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 verbiage and the defensive free speech sounded like. I mean, if Tucker read that same story today, it would fit in perfectly. Exactly, yeah. Very true. Well, well, shoot, Paul. uh, What do you got going on these days? You got the Wheel of Topics starting off and uh, your YouTube channel. Hoping to stream that on YouTube, but I think at this point where we may live stream on YouTube, but it's going to mostly go to Twitch. And... um, we're going to find some new outlets for it because uh, I was hoping to play some clips on and whatnot, but it's going to be impossible with uh, with YouTube's content policy. So it might it might right. be... Uh, I'm going to look at uh, some of the stream repeating services so I can stream to like three places at once. And uh, if YouTube pulls us, they pull us, and uh, too bad for them. And we're going to have some great guests like you guys on, and I'm going to try to mix it up. It's going to be three guests every episode, spin the wheel for different topics, uh, the guests will bring some topics. I'll bring some topics. Uh, some of the spots, it's going to be an actual physical wheel. So some of the spots will be games we'll play or quizzes uh, or other nonsense. That'll be fun, and, man. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, at first I was doing a virtual wheel, and I said, no, nah, we gotta, we got to go for real. Like, this is going to be on video. Like, it's not fake. We're going to be spinning it right here. 
Yeah. Although the no, I, saw, I saw your studio set up and it looks badass. Definitely got to get Nick on there. I'm going to have to put the wheel away Sounds though like between shows because it, it's hard to explain on a first date why there's three cameras, <laughs> three monitors and, and a carnival wheel in your bedroom. So it's going to go in. We're, we're taking spin shows. the bottle to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to explain, my friend. Hard to explain. But yeah, it'll be fun. And you can catch that at starshipalves.com uh, or on my Twitter, uh, which is Paul the Book. And I just started uh, Starship Alves just for the show stuff on Twitter as well until they ban me. But uh, it'll be fun. And you guys can come on. It'll be fun to have you guys on. We'll do an abs in a six pack uh, episode. Be blast, oh, yeah, that'd be man. perfect because there is three of us. So, right. That's um, right. One of the spots on the wheel might be take a shot. Who knows? Oh, there that'd be, go. yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, yeah, I, uh, normally I, I do pretty good with drinking on the show, but yeah, by the, by the end of that podcast with Nick the Rat and Darren O'Neill and Tom Starkweather, by the time Grand America was on there, I was in, I was showing my ass pretty hard. I was in rough shape. I could barely yeah. speak English by the end of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, same. I was on, I think Nick, Nick the Rat just released the episode and uh, we were pretty blasted. And Nick just ended the show abruptly. I think he had to go puke or something. <laughs> I don't know if y'all caught Joe Rogan's episode that he just released with Duncan Trussell, but that was the most fucked Dude. up I think I've ever seen Joe on a podcast. Joe was trashed. It was that was funny. Um, yeah, that I was like how Joe was acting was about where I was and Tom was almost there. Um, so links to Paul on Twitter and his YouTube and his website. Uh, you, uh, the book guys, right? You guys don't do that anymore, but I can. You still got the back catalog up. Uh, we, yeah, we have the back catalog up, but we're going to fire that up again as a video show and uh, bring back some of our old guests. And uh, a lot of them are going to join us on Wheel of Topics. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited for Wheel of Topics. Uh, also, since uh, they were mentioned, I'll be and I took a clip from Pandemic Two. I might have the link to watch that. And Mouthy Buddha's Pedogate Three will be in the show notes. Sweet. And uh, any any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, call it a day and get the hell out of here? I, I want to say thanks for having me on. This has been fun. This has been a good chat. Anytime, thanks for man. Paul. Love to do it again. It's a pleasure to talk to you. In the morning. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, now, uh, I guess courage. No Agenda just ended as we were uh, recording, so now I get to go back and listen to that. Great. Going to go make myself a burger, mow the lawn, and listen to No Agenda. Nice. I'm going to go water my cannabis. <laughs> oh man, Canada! It must be nice. Must Canada be nice. Is always involved. It's Canada, right? Uh, Ontario. I can have four, and I'm legal. If I have five plants, seven years in jail. You can grow your <laughs> own up there. That's wild. Wait, yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah five is bad. <laughs> yeah, Colorado. It's a can, number. Yeah, I don't know how many you can grow in Colorado, but it's a couple. I know a couple yeah. people. It's like it's like yeah, I can have ten pounds at once in my house. I'm like ten pounds. <laughs> We, we can gift, wow. I think it's uh, 30, I'm going to say 30 grams. You can gift someone, whether by hand or by Zip. mail. That's, you just can't nice. sell it, yeah. Wait, can you yeah. gift it to somebody who's, oh, well, obviously in Canada. Okay, that makes a lot, yeah. 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 There's laws. Yeah. Yeah, you can't cross it, it, All the states <laughs> and provinces have, have it legal though, right? Oh, yeah, and there's so much of it moving through the mail that they don't even scan for it anymore, uh, unless it's crossing border. To like you know right international border i'll have but to you come up and try it out oh yeah for sure i haven't been to canada I since that. i was like eight years old 
I've never yeah, been. To I'm Panetta. gonna try to convince one of the local uh, dispensary owners to let me uh, go through his store with my uh, GoPro just to show you guys. Wait, no, I've got through. I've got a very important question though. What are yeah. the average per gram prices that you pay up oh, there for retail? legal bud? Pretty killer, dude. It's up there. It's up there. I mean, you can find sales for like eight bucks a gram, ten oh, bucks, wow. like old high school days. But you can go up to like sixteen, eighteen bucks a gram, depending what it is. But I mean, that's, if you're buying, that's a little, that's probably bucks, cheaper than most of what's in Colorado, honestly. Yeah, but if you're looking at eighteen, twenty bucks a gram, it's it's pretty primo stuff. I mean, don't right, smoke as right. much as you normally do. Like, there you're talking like you know, right. some crazy percentage highs, right? Well, so I, like, only try, I only I only test the weed once a year. I smoke it once a year to see what Soros is doing with the potency. <laughs> That's right. Soros is doing the potency. My favorite pick is is Blue Dream Sativa. It's a great uh, daytime that, cerebral hot. That's uh, that used to be one of my favorites. Allegedly, back in the day, politically nonviolently. That's great. It's fire, right. nonviolent. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks again. Thanks again, Paul. Uh, check out everything he's doing. Look out for Wheel of Topics coming soon. And I'm going to play us out with this nice little mix by Ping Trip. And gentlemen, thanks again. Um, maybe thanks, maybe later on we'll do uh, we'll do this again soon. Maybe maybe a part two on censorship or uh, maybe Thank something you. else altogether, or just a fun hang. We'll see. Sounds good. In the yeah. morning, fellows. This has been Abs in a Six Pack with Chris Arnold, Noah Beamer, and Paul the Book Guy Alves. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. And it means finally that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. University of California campus at Berkeley, there was beginning a phase of this youth revolt that was to be heard around the world. It became, in its simplest form, a fight about freedom of speech. The university sought to impose upon the students a series of regulations on political activity and the solicitation of funds that the students felt to be in violation of their constitutional rights. On September 30th, 1964, 300 students staged a 12-hour sit-in at Sproul Hall on the Berkeley campus. That was the beginning 
of the free speech movement. Eight students were suspended, including a young man who was to become the movement's leader, Mario Savio. We're asking that there be no, no restrictions on the content of speech, save those provided by the courts. And that's, that's an enormous amount of freedom. It's been said that we, you know, we've been revolutionaries and all this sort of thing. Uh, in a way, that's true. We've gone back to a traditional view of the university. The traditional view of the university is a community of scholars, of faculty and students get together with complete honesty who bring, who bring the hard light who bring the hard light of free inquiry to bear upon, upon important matters in the sciences, but also in the social sciences, the question of just, you know, what ought to be, not just what is. Now, that traditional view of the university, um, that's the one that had been attacked by the revolutionaries, by those who, you know, would make it into a kind of adjunct to industry, to what, to, uh, you know, to uh, the government and so forth. Really, the people, people, us, you know, who, who fought this fight are maybe the most conservative people on the campus. <laughs> KPIX 5 News begins with a showdown over free speech on the Cal campus. A polarizing pundit just a couple hours away from taking the stage, but protesters are vowing to shut down the show. Extra security on hand at UC Berkeley tonight ahead of an appearance by ultra-conservative columnist Milo Yiannopoulos. And we're trying to tear down the barriers, as you can see over there. And starting, the question is, are they going to go for the... My name is Milo Yiannopoulos and I'm the gay technology editor of Breitbart News. The progressive left, the social justice left, the feminist Black Lives Matter, Antifa left, the hard left, which has become so utterly antithetical to free speech in the last few years, um, is taking a turn post-Trump's election where they simply will not allow any speaker on campus, even somebody as silly and harmless and gay as me, <laughs> won't allow students to listen to differing points of view. They're absolutely petrified by alternative visions of how the world ought to look and people with arguments and fact and reason that don't conform to the crazy social justice left vision of the universe. So I was um, evacuated by my security detail and by the police tonight from uh, UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley, of course, being the home of the free speech movement. Um, it's both ironic and sad that this campus um, appears to be nowhere, no friend to free speech anymore. You're defending that person's views. No, I'm not. I'm defending his right to express them. The difference is crucial and the difference has been understood outside of fascist circles since the 18th century. If you believe in freedom of speech, you believe in freedom of speech for views you don't like. I mean, Goebbels was in favor of freedom of speech for views he liked, right? So was Stalin. 
If you're in favor of freedom of speech, that means you're in favor of freedom of speech precisely for views you despise. Otherwise, you're not in favor of freedom of speech. There's two positions you can have on freedom of speech. Now, you can decide which position you want. I lived in Berkeley. I lived there for two years, and it was the, the, this was a sort of liberal beacon at a time in the late 60s when Berkeley was the home of free speech. Free speech movement was 1963. How have the mighty fallen? Berkeley, the home of free speech, now the home of suppression of free speech. We've really lost something that is so important to us. I think we really have. I mean, this is minor, just a minor episode, but there have been a large number of cases where university campuses, um, there have been protests that have prevented people from going to speak at universities because they just don't like what they think they're going to hear. And it's really sad when you think that a university of all places is the place where ideas should be aired and exchanged and disputed and argued over. Go along and argue. That's what the university is for. This sort of soft, sappy inability to take something that you find offensive and hurtful. It's pathetic. It's contemptible. Alex Jones just got banned from YouTube. Got Facebook. banned from YouTube, uh, Facebook. It's just the left seems to be enjoying the censorship of the right. And all I will say is uh, for whom the bell tolls, the bell tolls for you, and they will eventually circle back around. That's how it always goes. That's why we have to be so vigilant on any censorship of uh, anything. We have to really sit there and go, even though this guy say, or this woman saying something I don't agree, I, they should be allowed to voice it. Outside of like rape, murder, and hurting people, there should be... Uh, a right to uh, express yourself even when it's things we do not like. The protection of the freedom of speech, right? The First Amendment is there to, is not to protect speech we agree with. The First Amendment is there to protect speech we don't agree with, speech that we hate. That's why you need protection for it. Speech everyone agrees with doesn't need protections. Get it? Okay. This is a very slippery slope. In fact, it's not a slippery slope. It's it's not it's not a slippery slope. It's predictable what's going to happen next. So this isn't slippery. This is the beginning. This is just the beginning of something that's predictable. The way people communicate, the town square is electronic. Mm-hmm. The town square is Facebook. The town square is Twitter. And these places uh, should be looked at as they should be regulated. That that's what that's what all those hearings were about. Should we regulate Facebook? Mm-hmm. That's what they were about. And Facebook's like, no, 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 we're going to self-regulate. So we're going to do the job of censorship for the government. Please don't worry. Facebook gets to dis- is going to is going to protect us. They're protecting you from Alex Jones. They're protecting you from fake news. That's what they're, they're protecting you. First of all, what a weird timing that they all do it at the same day. Mm-hmm. What? And again, yes, this is no, in no way defending Alex Jones. You know, this just like the ACLU isn't defending Nazism when they defend the rights for Nazis to, to have a march in Skokie. They're not defending Nazism. They're defending a higher ideal. That whole idea of, I might not agree with what you have to say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. That used to be a saying in America. <laughs> so the next the next thing that has happened is they come after uh, lefties. They're going to come after people who disagree with Syrian war. CNN has already done that to us. They've already come back and de- declared we're far left conspiracy theorists. 
So if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're next. That's you're next. So all they have to do is say you're a conspiracy theorist. We've been called conspiracy theorists. Kyle Kalinsky doesn't believe the bullshit about the wars. He, maybe he's a conspiracy. You know what I mean? It's like who? So anybody who doesn't believe the bullshit conspiracy that the government gives you is then deemed. The Iraq War was a conspiracy, an evil, illegal conspiracy. So was Libya. So is Syria. There's a higher principle involved here. The higher principle is freedom of speech for everyone, and not letting some, not letting a handful of people decide who gets to have it. You either for it or you're not. You're either for it or you're not. And if you don't like what someone's saying, and they think they're saying hateful stuff or stuff that's de- that's de- detrimental, or you can then you have you, the, the antidote to bad speech is more speech, not less speech. If he's a crazy person and, and none of the stuff he says makes sense, it should be easy for you to fucking debunk it and knock it down. Then do it. We're, we're next. We're next. This is not good. This is a bad thing. No matter how much, no matter how much you dislike Alex Jones, taking away someone's uh, freedom of speech is not the way to handle it. More speech is the antidote to bad speech. So when something disappears from the archives, the electronic archives of the West, to which all information is moving into, it is gone forever. It has not only ceased to have existed, it has ceased to have ever have existed. And when you go to those web pages that have been removed from Western papers, you won't see the tear lines. You will just see page not found. You won't see anything in the index at all. We are now approaching the state of Orwell's dictum, perfect dictum, that he who controls the present controls the past. He who controls internet servers controls the intellectual record of mankind, and by controlling that, controls our perceptions of who we are, and by controlling that, controls what laws and regulations we make in society. This is not the liberal democracy that we had all dreamed of. This is an encroaching, privatized censorship regime. And just like everything else in the West that becomes privatized and fiscalized, censorship also is not only a mechanism that is implied by the state. It is something that can be hijacked by wealthy plutocrats, by big companies. We have privatized state censorship. We have made it more complex and not as obvious. It is not a brute hammer anymore. It is a sophisticated device, like money laundering through Caribbean tax shelters is a sophisticated device where the brutality is hidden in its complexity. If we don't have Western countries as a beacon on the hill for enlightenment values, what countries are left to hold that value? To the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, we look for strength and assistance.